Hello world, this is the Brother to Brother Show. I'm your host, K-Mo. Thank you for taking this journey with us with real men, real problems, real solutions. Let's go. All right, welcome back to the Brother to Brother Show. Um, I have my three guests with me today. Um, uh, Mr. KC, Mr. Rio, and Dr. G, um, who's, who's calling in. And I wanted to say thank you all again for, for being here. Uh, we have a, a controversial conversation that we're going to just hash out. We're going to let it make it do what it do. And so today we're, uh, the, the topic is why are we tired of being tired? You know, why are black and brown people tired of being tired? Um, owning the reality of the here and now for of people of color. So um basically explaining it in the sense of, you know, before and now, and then what's going to change. So for me, what that looks like, and I've heard other people say this, why are we tired of being tired? Uh, you know, you know, what some of the things that have been going on with uh, um, police brutality, um, with things that are going on in our communities, uh, with just police and just in general, uh, but how is that going to, how's that been affecting um our work, how's that been affecting our communities? How's that been affecting different facets of life? Because uh, I'm not just saying work, because even when I've gone out to the grocery store or I've seen, you know, that first week when um, uh, Mr. Floyd passed away because of what was murdered, um, then, you know, I feel like I got a lot of smiles and a lot of passes and, hey, how you doing? Just overly. For, for for whatever reason, I'm like, this isn't who you are. Um, and so for me, I, it's it's more of a, um, yeah, that, that's great. But is it going to continue? Is it going to happen every week? Is it going to happen for you to really change? And and I really want to hear from you all. Um, Dr. G, if you want to go first um, to talk about any experiences that you've had since those things have happened, uh, you know, the, what's going on right now uh, in our society, um, and it had, like you like we've talked about in our last pod, podcast, this stuff hasn't changed. This isn't new. I think it's just brought to attention because of social media, because I'm sure there have been other <laughs> black men who have been killed, of, of course, within the last couple of years that we just weren't aware of. Somebody just caught it on on on, um, um, on their phone. So is you have an experience experiences recently or uh, tell me how, how that kind of hit your 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 world well my experiences are going to look a little different because of my work uh, in a university context uh, i think there's been some awareness uh, around it there have been some task force that have been uh, um, commissioned um i'm a part of a, a network of um folks on campus who are looking into trying to make sure that whatever measures that we put in place are sustained um, but I just want to kind of say that part of that, you know, the sick and tired of being sick and tired is, you know, you, you know, we've been traditionally uh, marginalized and oppressed and mistreated, discriminated against and, and the whole nine. And I, and I think to some degree we are accustomed to it. I hate to say that, but we are accustomed to it. We build a sense of resilience against it. It doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's positive and it doesn't mean that it's helped our health or our, our social or political mm. Um, impact, but I do think we recognize it's always there. It's constantly there. 
But then when we put measures in place or we try to put measures in place or we bring awareness to it, it seems like it starts happening again and again. Or if you're trying to talk to a colleague or a friend or even people in these different systems that are supposed to protect and serve, it falls on, on deaf ears. And so I think that, you know, people are sick and tired of being sick and tired is really a double dose of already having been depressed then or oppressed, and then when there's a time for opportunity to change, like right now, you still see people who don't understand what's going on or don't want to understand what's going on or trying to make it something else. And so I, 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 I do think it's going to, in order for change to be effective in a, in a consistent and in a sustained manner, it's going to have to permeate every system that we have mm. in this country. Mm. And every person who is knowledgeable, just a bit knowledgeable what's going on or are impacted, they need to start taking a stand in their respective ways and in, in their respective station in life. Okay. Thank you. Casey? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, even though we just recently, uh, this past Friday, had the commitment march um, and we've, you know, we've got these all these movements and, and protests um, it just seems as though we keep doing the same thing. We keep marching, we keep protesting, we keep boycotting. And, you know, I think people need to understand that, you know, these are good, but these need to lead to actions. These need to lead to us being involved and uplifting our communities, our neighborhoods. That's where it starts. You know, we want to put a focus on who's in the White House right now. And that that that's not where it needs to be. It needs to be uplifting our communities. It needs to be accountability to our brothers. It needs to be our brothers and sisters. And it needs to be real, real activism. And that activism, if you want to talk about allies, those allies need to be real activists, not people that are uh, empathetic or give us empty promises or give us lip service, but people that are actually active against racism mm. in their homes, mm. in their family groups, in their marriages. I know people who have families and the families can't talk about racism because there it may make somebody feel uncomfortable. And we got to stop making black people historically have made white people comfortable and we need to stop that that comfort level needs to go because we need to be authentic about who we are and what we want and stop being apologetic about asking for our freedom asking to be treated respectfully we don't need to be asking for that we need to be demanding it and then finally there's this inconvenience of action um and, and equality, um, we always, it's like sometimes we find an excuse. Well, this might, might not be the right time for it, or this might not be the right way to do it. No, there, it, it just, it has to happen. And there are going to be different ways. There's going to be um, what we call nonviolent or peaceful protests. And there's going to be other ways that people are going to enforce how they get their respect, you, you man be treated like a human, 
you know, and, and get rid of this oppressive and systematic racism. And so it's not going to be convenient. It's not going to be comfortable. And we just need to come to grips with that. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I think um, I'm beyond sort of the, the march. I think that there is a, there's a needed, but when I look at every other, um, every other group, uh, there's less marching and more call for action. Um, and a lot of times it's done in silence. Like if I look at, if I look at like the, the, uh, the LGBTQT plus, um, if I look at there and if I, it's a, you feel like it's a movement, right? Because the movement consists of everything. They'll march if they have to march. But the march is for solidarity perspective, right? Not for change. They go after media. They go after Congress and laws. They go at like it is an effort. And sometimes it's even done in silence, right? And so uh, if you look at our Latino brothers and sisters the same way, like a lot is done with ways that they feel that they could impact, right? And so they look within their community first and they solidify their community. And then they impact it economically through their dollars, their votes, right? And I think that's one thing that we have been taking advantage of for years, which by the Democratic Party, which is they they marginalize us so much because they know they have our vote. Even if you vote, I don't care if you vote whichever side you vote, I just think that you should be fighting for uh, whatever the platform that those individuals run on, that they should represent what you represent. And if we are not getting together, like I don't even think we all agree and we don't need to all agree with those platforms, but what we do need to all agree on is what we don't, you know, what we don't want for our community, right? So we can all agree that there needs to be policing change. We can all agree that there needs to be justice system changes. We can all agree that there needs to be economic changes uh, within black and brown community. Like there are things that we can all agree that needs to end. And so, you know, I'm about action. And I think that, you know, I think protesting is 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 wonderful and great when it comes to unity. Uh, but then I think that there should be a collective plan. And I think we need to stop looking for leaders and other people to make those for us. I think that we should force, to Casey's point, we should force these things to happen just because it's a part of our American rights. And who better outside of indigenous people and black people to have rights as Americans, right? One person where it's stolen from them and continuously marginalized until in, including today and the other forcefully brought over and marginalized through its history, right? And never recuperated from. So I feel like there should be, these should be things that we force upon our beloved country to provide to us as worthy citizens till it's bill of rights. And I think that, you know, that's the one thing that I, I, I wish and I just really pray that we kind of all kind of come together under that realization is to realize the power that we have in numbers. And please, please, please stop 
diluting our neighborhoods by spreading your money out in other communities mm -hmm. that recycle their money mm -hmm. and force those corner stores to be black owned force those grocery stores to be black owned and if if we have to have liquor stores force them to be black owned like like we if we don't do that within our own community how do we expect for someone to step outside of their community and assist us yeah thank you so much uh gentlemen for really touching on those things i mean that was really powerful i was just sitting here uh, taking some notes down and um you know really thinking about the tired of being tired and you all kind of like really uh pushed the needle on that and so uh one thing that i really heard that i felt like was something that we did and i don't want to go too much into this but um I believe that, and I've had this conversation with other people too, that segregation has some very negative points to it, but all the things that we've kind of talked about, that was our community. Like we had no choice but to do some of those things that you were speaking about. We had no choice but to keep each other accountable. We had no choice but to go to our own grocery stores, our own uh, banks, going to our own community centers and held each other accountable. And we had the strength in numbers. We did at some point have integration, but for some reason we lost that based off and it was something we talked about in our last podcast about, you know, where, where we lost that and we felt like it was okay for us to be okay with how America sees us. However, as you can see where we are right now, you know, we need to be looking at some of the same things that, you know, our grandparents and great grandparents really put in, in our ear and strengthen us um, to be as one, as one, one people. Um, doesn't mean that we're not American. Doesn't mean that we're not, you know, we can't, uh, uh, still evolve within our communities and be around other cultures. But, you know, to what you said, Rio, a lot of those, a lot of those, you know, Hispanics and um, Africans and other cultures are still Americans, but for some reason they do it very silently and they still have their own communities and they're looked at as Americans. For some reason, African-Americans, um, we're we're not able to do that and we need to come up with a solution which is again some of the things that we talked about here and i think we continue to talk about is we need to go into our community and i, and I will say I, I i will do the same thing um for whatever reason i do a better job of black owned but there there needs to be you know i believe in a leader i think there should be a leader or one person or two people or a solid five people who are going somewhere and saying these are the things that we need to do and we execute those things. But can I challenge you on that? Oh, that's why, fine. Why? Because there's there's no other group of people that have that. Right, why right. do you think that we why do you think that we as a people need that? Because I think we get stuck. Like because that I hear that quite often. Right. Like if we only had a leader, but there's no group. Point to a leader. What's the leader of the white group? Right. Well, what's the leader of Asians? I, I think I think it's a I think it's something that we don't know. There might be. I just don't know it. But I'm just saying I when you have so many people that are saying we just have to make sure that these are the five things. And you're right. If what well, for me, 
I felt before when I was growing up and I heard these leaders, it seemed like those leaders got in the room and had and came up with whatever those five, three to five things that we're say we're going to work on. Now, if that's if this doesn't take a leader to do that, fine. But somebody needs to be able to say this for us and be able to then go into our communities and say these things because I'm getting mixed messages from different different organizations and oh yeah we're just talking about police brutality okay i don't care who it is this particular group this is the foundation and this is the people when we had martin luther king and malcolm x you know they were galvanized together at some point and say these are the three things that we need to do okay the bus boycott this is one thing we're going to do for a, a period of time to change um in, um um in the you know economics or economy in that time and this, this is what we're going to do. We all did it. Okay, cool. What are we going to do now? I don't think it should come for five people because I think with our people, we hear from diff- this person go here, this person go there. Okay, these three people get together. These are the things that's for what you said. And maybe that be a suggestion of those three things that we're going to like, what we're not going to do and we can agree on. Okay, those are things we're going to do. Boom, let's put them out there in social media. We're going to put them. And then those go through different uh uh black lives matter other organizations that are doing great things in the community and then those things go into our community so we can change yeah but i so i would only say that i think that that's a perception that made it like during during mlk and stuff that we had these leaders who just said who gave us sort of a blueprint of what we needed to be successful i think that you know and the doctor can correct me if i'm wrong but i think during that time it was great division and a lot of people did not think that MLK was a leader, that was their rightful leader, right? And I think that that's a part of that whitewashing is saying, hey, you guys, had this is the leader. This is the leader of the black people. So we're going to go to him and he's going to tell us what we need to do, you know, in order to uh, progress these, this group of people. I think that what we need to have is leaders amongst the community. And I think that we should have when I think that there are expertise when it comes to economic, economic, you know, um, profitability within black communities. I think there are certain expertise and subject matter experts when it comes to social services. I think that there are also like so there is I think that we should be focused on subject matter experts for things that we are interested in. So like if you're interested in finding out about police brutality. I'm sorry. I don't want Reverend X and Z to tell me what we need to do for reform. I want to go to people who are SMEs at this, who focus on it every single day for that information. I think as a people, we have to be hungry and interested in it. But I think we take this, the, we take that approach that you're saying, which is like, I'm waiting on a leader to tell me what's the three things I need to do. And it's like, well, if you're interested, go educate yourself right. within that and say, who are the experts around social injustice? Let me go and figure this out and do my own research, you know, and see, cause they are, it's out that information I promise you is out there. And I can give people that are SMEs in each one of those, right? Each one of those fields. And that's something we're trying to get. Like, I know for me personally, what, you know, some of the groups that we're in is trying to dispel that for white people, because white people believe that too. What are the leaders? What are the organizations we should go to? And then I push back and say, well, well what are your white organizations that we go to that leads your decision making? Oh, there isn't it. Well, why would you believe that? Again, it's this whole thought that we're monolithic. You go to this person and they speak for the entire race. 
right? And it's just not true. And so again, I try to inform them that if they're interested about a particular subject matter, go do the research themselves, go read about it, right? Expand your, and so I, I challenge and charge black people and brown people to do the very same thing when they have an interest in something, go research, read about it and educate yourself. And that's how you are led to your decision. Um, so anyway, but that's that's my own. Yeah, I, and this, this is Casey real quick. I, I completely re- agree with, with, with Rio in that there is, a, there is sometimes a, a deficit in how we educate ourselves and how we inform ourselves on issues. Um, you know, we, we can't look to individuals to be our leaders that will then inform us. It's not like it's a church where you go and you get taught the scripture rather than reading it and, and understanding it for yourself. And, you know, we need to be at a point where we are leaders in our own communities. We are the people on our street that are informed about the construction or, or the redlining or whatever is happening in our neighborhood. We need to be aware and informed about that. And that starts at the neighborhood, the community, the grassroots level. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think for, for, for me, if I'm looking at when I say leader, I mean somebody who, you know, black people is about trust. Whoever that person trusts. Now, I don't have the expertise in all these things that you're all talking about, but because you trust me and I can get something across to you, I'm going to direct you to these people. That's all I'm saying as far as a leader and a galvanizing. Somebody that can get people together. It's like I'm doing right here. Here, you all have all have t- different personalities, right? Dr. G has uh, his 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 thoughts. You have your jo- jo- uh, thoughts, KC and Rio. I'm galvanizing other brothers to get together, but you all have your own opinions and your experiences, so that we can focus on one topic to get to a mass. So that's what I mean by having a leader. I don't mean as far as that person, like you know, Martin. Like, yeah, he was a great leader. He was very educated too. But he had people around him, too, that I felt like did X, Y and Z to cover certain things. And also, even if he didn't know at that time, he may have had, a, you know, somebody that can help him get the information to sister so and so to the, uh, these young people's to whatever. And I think that just making sure you have those people around you to show you, hey, this is where you should go for this. Black Lives Matter is what you go for here. That's what I mean as far as, as a leader. And, uh, and I think the technology and social media today makes that a lot easier to disseminate information, to inform people, and to actually get people organized and and mobilized. Right, Doctor G, you're the last 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 voice that we hear about this. We got five yeah, minutes. Uh, I, I agree. I totally agree with 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 all the comments, and I want to just say this, and this will be a good way of I think ending. As a matter of fact, right now, we don't want to have a particular leader. I think all of us have to be leaders in this particular instance uh, uh, for a variety of reasons which have already been mentioned. Because if we look historically what has happened when we have identified one leader, what has the establishment done to that leader? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you don't want to be a moving target. (laughs) We don't want to be a moving target. Okay. Right. Okay. So you don't need a leader. And social media helps us. Um, not be that because everybody is armed with a certain amount of knowledge and power and information and they can leverage it and use it in the manner that they wish. 
And I do understand that it's always good to have some guidance. Um, but I think the larger voices eventually will prevail. But you, it is, it is important to have all those other fires going as well. I'm not advocating, um, uh, you know, cr- criminal acts or anything of that nature. Uh, but I am saying that many criminal acts have been um, uh, targeted uh, historically at us, and they have been rationalized and justified. And it really just depends on who is interpreting what is happening and what is good and what is bad. But I do think in this case we want to uh, take full advantage of the fact that people are armed with their phones, they're armed with uh, social media, they are armed with putting these things out because you have to understand a lot of things we don't know have happened in the past because they kept it hush-hush. And when you make laws, as I've said so many times before, you can break the laws As as a parent. When my wife and I make house rules, sometimes we're the ones who break the rules, right? Um, but who's going to who's going to tell us that uh, that we should change our rule or we or we were wrong? How dare you? How dare you come against the the family establishment? And so that's the same thing that's going on in our country. The people who are making the rules and the policies, they're also the ones that break them. They change them, but ultimately, all these things happen to fit a particular. Um, situation that puts them at an advantage and i think we need to just be more aware we need to hit this on all corners and all kinds of ways and i think we should invite all voices mm. so that uh we can hit this in, in in the ways that it needs to be there there's no one quick fix is what i'm really trying right. to say mm-hmm. and we don't want to just have one identified leader because that person may become a target for death yeah uh thank you um i think everybody had a really has some good some really important stuff to say about that one that was a really good topic and um the one thing i'm just going to end with is just making sure that hopefully our, our listeners understand um it's it's it starts with us in our communities so whatever you do on a daily basis whatever you do in your communities i would even say it's as small as just speaking to each other we don't even speak to each other there was a time when i felt like we even spoke to black and brown people and we say hey how you doing nobody ask anybody how they're doing anymore you know we're going through a rough time right now and the same people that are going through these times we're not even we're not even looking at ourselves so i think that's important um you know uh, talking to the custodians talking to the you know opening the door for our ladies uh gentlemen you know doing the small things just to make sure that our morale is where it needs to be so we can affect our communities and go in. It's not just about our families. It's about the people around us that we want to continue to say that black lives matter. We have to care about our black lives. And it's not just because we're not getting killed, but it's also, we also have to protect those things too. So um, this is the brother to brother show. We're signing off and uh, tune in next time. Please know we love you, work with us, be with us, and know we're coming from the heart. This is the Brother to Brother Show.